Hello everyone and welcome to this instalment of Burridge and Tom Rambling On. My name is Tom and, as always, I'm joined by my good friend Burridge. Yes, hello, that is me. I hope you're all having a wonderful day. Let's have a look at our topics today, shall we? Good winging it. In this episode, we shall be looking at EA trying to sell itself. Euro truck updates. And Final Fantasy XVI finally having a release date. I say finally. Has it been a while? I don't know. Final yeah. Fantasy isn't my... It's not my bag, baby. Oh. <laughs> right, let's begin with Electronic Arts. <sighs> EA is not a company I'm, company, company I'm overly fond of. <laughs> they have published some great games over the years uh, that I have loved. Uh, however, they are known as one of the worst companies to work for. And let's be honest, much like we discussed last episode with Google killing off a lot of its tech over the years, EA is known as the Grim Reaper of the gaming industry, with such killings as Bullfrog Productions, Westwood Studios, Origin Systems, uh, Pandemic Studios, uh, Playfish, Black Box Games, DreamWorks Interactive, uh, Victory Games, Mythic Entertainment, Maxis... Probably quite a big one, considering SimCity. Uh, yeah. EA Salt Lake. Uh, Visceral Games, another big one. Visceral's like the, a big name. Yeah. Out of them. A big a big name with more recent history. Yeah. Of course, so... a lot of these game companies' histories ended because of EA. Yes. In fact, all of them ended because of EA. <laughs> oh, damn it, Electronic Arts. Uh, so... One of the deals that EA is looking to sell itself, basically, and one of the deals that reportedly got furthest along was one with a company known as NBC Universal, which I had to look up a little bit here. Uh, but effectively, it's a conglomerate owned by Comcast. Um, one of the deals would have seen Andrew Wilson, EA's CEO, stay on as CEO, but he'd now be the CEO of the new merged conglomerate. Would that just make it like a mega conglomerate? <laughs> uh, it's it'd still just be like another thing in yeah. Comcast's overall pile of terribleness. To be fair, Comcast would make sense for them to buy EA. It, it's not going to make their reputation any worse <laughs> by doing it. So, <laughs> yeah. In fact, buying a company that is only as bad as EA might improve Comcast's uh, image slightly. <laughs> That's true. Because they are so terrible. Uh, so it sounds to me like EA got a little bit jealous of Activision Blizzard's acquisition and, uh, the money they'd hold their head honchos are likely to make out of it. Um, good old platinum parachute. They've, uh, supposedly spent $5 billion on buying more studios, which let's be honest, they'll be killing them soon. Um, and then of course there's this one, which we've highlighted, uh, uh, they have had another profitable year, uh, probably partially due to the pandemic and lockdowns and things like that. They've probably had a pretty good year for that sort of thing. Most game companies, as far as we can tell, did pretty well with the pandemic. But yeah, even though they've hosted another profitable year, they're laying off 200 customer support staff and outsourcing to cheaper third-party vendors in India and Romania. Because Green Line got to go up. Yes. They have to make Stonks. more money. More money. More money, damn it. 
infinite growth in a finite market. Yeah. So uh, if you ever have any problems with your EA games, your EA key isn't working, maybe you got to ring up. Uh, good luck. I just say put the whole thing in the bin and forget about it. Yeah. It's the safest option with Electronic Arts. <laughs> it really is. The only game I've played of theirs like in recent years, and it's not even theirs, they just publish it from a studio they own, uh, which was uh, Star Wars game. Respawn's Star Wars game. Which, which uh, Jedi Fallen Order? That's the one. I keep forgetting its name, but I really enjoyed it. So I feel kind of I've, bad. I've played Battlefront 1 and 2, the EA ones. Cool. Yeah. Because I wanted to get that sense of pride and accomplishment. Oh, yes, of course. Yes. Yeah. On yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was that was a fun one. Um, yeah, no, I've played Fallen Order, and Fallen Order 2 is coming out next year, I believe, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, I've got Squadrons. I've not heard great things, though. <laughs> yeah, I've avoided that one. Uh yeah, so I'm looking forward to it because it's just a single-player Star Wars experience, you know? There's no none of this buy all these loot boxes to do this thing, you know? It's just a single-player experience that stands on its own. That's and what it has, you hope. Uh, well, well, let's hope the second one follows on from that because uh, the first one mm-hmm. did it. So I'm hoping the second one does the same sort of thing but just, in, you know, makes the story, expands the Star Wars universe, you know? That's all I want out of all these TV shows and that they're doing and games is just... And I think EA no longer having the exclusive right to Star Wars games is just going to be better for Star Wars games. I feel like EA is going to have a little bit of a problem trying to sell themselves. Like, they're not worth as much as they could have been earlier this year, given they lost the rights to use FIFA, which oh, is their yes. single most valuable yeah. franchise. You've got FIFA, and it's... What, oh, what's it called now? It's so It's like EA's... EA Sports Ball... Events. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, hold on. I forgot. I forgot what it is. EA Sports FC. That's right. Oh yeah. <laughs> I remember when Jess turned around to me and went, "What do you reckon the new game? Their new like the new name is?" And I turned around and I said like EA's Football Stars or something. It's just like that was like ridiculously close to what it actually. Apparently, is. Um, FIFA have said that whatever game company they choose next, whatever game they will they will call FIFA will be the best football game there is. So FIFA are saying that they're they're better than EA. FIFA's a terrible organisation as well. I mean, to be I fair, FIFA and EA... Football, I was going to say, FIFA and EA being together just sort of seemed like a perfect marriage, really. in heaven. Yeah. Everyone but... says that the FIA in motorsports is corrupt. Nah, 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 nah. FIFA got you beat there by a long <laughs> shot son they they they, prob- they probably paid more money to make it more corrupt as well uh <laughs> cool let's move on to things that well things that aren't corrupt but oh i don't know i don't know how to segue this one <laughs> i tried we have no segways no because segways are very expensive two-wheeled transport devices they are true yeah speaking of transport devices <laughs> Uh, the Euro Truck Simulator 2's latest DLC has been shelved indefinitely. So it seems that we fans of Euro Truck Simulator 2 are going to have to wait a little while for a new map expansion, but it's for, I'd say, a fair enough reason in this case. Mm. So the Czechian Re- um, or Czech Republic, uh, I'm not entirely sure which, like, there's so many words for Czech Republic now. 
like its official name is Czech Republic, Czech Republic, but Czechia is also a valid term, I think. But yeah, the Czechian um, developers SCS Software have announced that its newest map pack, the Heart of Russia DLC, has been shelved indefinitely. Which, you know, fair enough. It's not great optics to publish anything no. Russia-related at the moment, other no. than news. <laughs> yeah. So they have, yeah, as as you can probably guess, if you have any idea about what has been going on in the last however long ago it's been since the end of February. Um, yep. SCS have taken this step, so it is not perceived in any way as being in support or tolerance of the aggression by uh, Russia against Ukraine directly and also basically threatening the rest of the world to throw the teddies out the pram if things don't go their way. They're very upset to row over there. Very, very upset. And I find it quite funny that uh, like a load of the countries that they were threatening to not join NATO are now like, can we join NATO, please? Yeah. It's... Russia have achieved the impossible. They got Germany to remilitarize, and they've got that they've single-handedly caused the greatest NATO expansion since the founding of NATO, which is what they wanted to avoid. <laughs> I just yep. find it wonderful. So uh. SCS have stated that they try to be as apolitical as possible, which makes sense. You know, it's aside from their drivers, lorries aren't really that, or trucks as they're called elsewhere. Uh, they're not really that's um political you know they just get things from a to b although i will say a lot of drivers seem to be some of the angriest blokes alive um it seems that the dlc was roughly six to eight weeks from completion at the time of russia's invasion of ukraine so i could have already been driving around so that would have been back um, in february right yeah so that yeah so if it they was... were already doing live streams of um like some areas of the map driving around like dev live streams so that uh, means it would have time. released around april may then originally yeah, around, yeah around the start of may but uh yeah obviously it's not happening so uh, obviously shortly after the invasion scs released the ukrainian paint jobs pack with all the proceeds from the sale go of these packs going to humanitarian aid charities i do own that paint pack in your truck sim yeah i don't i haven't but... used it but i do own the pack Mainly because all my trucks are painted fancy colours anyway. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, yeah it's... It, it, it's a shame in some respects because it would have been cool to drive around, you know, a new... Especially considering how yeah. large Russia is. Um... It was it was supposed to go up to, like, the... Um, one of the big rivers or something. It wasn't, like, the whole of Russia. No, no. Mainly course... because there's nothing in Russia after a certain point. <laughs> True. But... Um... No, it was supposed to go up to like the mountains or like the big what's the big river? The river Volga. I think. Okay. Still, would have so been it's that. it's a shame that all of this has to go on because it sounds like it would have been a pretty cool expansion. Yeah. I mean at the end of the day, fair enough. Don't want to support oh, those yeah, assholes. But yeah. You know, sad times. Um we do not condone the actions of Russia being stupidly aggressive. But hopefully we will see a new map pack starting to be developed soon. I'm not really sure where we can go. An Ireland one could be interesting. Ooh, yeah. There's also, there's like an Iceland deal, um, like mod. Maybe they'll turn that into a map pack. 
Anyway, um, talking of nothing to do with lorries. <laughs> These sorry, segues are getting worse. For you. They are. <laughs> These segues are terrible. The segue to not our sponsor. <laughs> not our sponsor. Yes, Final Fantasy 16 has a release date, sort of. Final Fantasy yeah, 16 was announced way back in September 2020 when they showed a four-minute trailer. Since then, the news of the game went silent until recently. A new trailer has now dropped, and it shows more gameplay than before. The combat is reminiscent of Devil May Cry, which makes sense, considering their battle director is the same person. Um, have you played Devil May Cry before? No. No? Okay. Pretty good. Um... I've heard of it. I've heard a lot about it, but yeah, they're they're pretty good. They got pretty good. They they're, they're known for their combat. I would say more than anything. Yeah. It's really fun combat. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. It's very action RPG combat. Um, very much looking forward to that. Has a quarter two slash quarter three 2023 release date with a lot of outlets saying summer 2023. Um, so I guess that falls in between, sort of latter part of quarter two um yeah seems very different to previous titles the combat is an improvement over final fantasy 15 from what i can see um the producer is the same person who is heading up final fantasy 14 the mmo um and he effectively saved the mmo when the initial 1.0 release was a disaster so, we'll see. This is his first time heading a, a Final Fantasy game, particularly a mainline one, from scratch, from the beginning. Because Final Fantasy fourteen, he didn't start with. He went over to and after the 1.0 release and saved it, basically. Okay, he went, he went um, and played, did, fixed things after the fact. Yes, he, he, I think he was more on the Dragon Quest side of things. Ah, now that's a title I have heard of. Um, so it's going to be a timed exclusive to the PS5. Sad. Uh, I wish we'd stop with these exclusives because good luck getting one of those. Um, I'm certainly not paying the prices they are in CEX or anywhere else that you can get one from at the moment. Although interesting, no, I went into a CEX the other day and they had like six PlayStation 5s there for sale. And above was... RRP? Oh, God, yeah. They were nearly 600 yeah. quid each, I think. That's the shitty thing. Like, no. <laughs> uh, it seems to be set in a more medieval-y uh, time period. Um, sort of going back to the roots of Final Fantasy in many ways, because that was very high fantasy, medieval-y sort of roots. Um, and they seem to be focusing on the English VOs, um, which I think makes sense for the setting they're going with. Um, so I believe they're doing all the mocap and everything with the English actors yes. rather than Japanese ones, which means the lip syncing for us in English-speaking countries primarily we'll probably see an improvement over like that sort of expression and what they're saying and it syncing up properly. Um, Cause normally when you get a game from Japan over here and then they change the, you know, they, 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 Oh, translate, they translate the titles, but 
then sometimes the expressions of the characters and the lips don't sync up to what they're saying in English because they've changed. It's just dubbed as opposed to... It's just dubbed and they've changed the context uh, sometimes because the context of what it says in Japanese to English doesn't make sense in translation, so they change it and then it looks a little more naff. So I I think it'll be fun from that perspective. Um, It looks very different to other Final Fantasies and I'm looking forward to seeing what it's going to be like as they sort of come close to release and you get the, you know, you get all the YouTubers doing the gameplay trailers and gameplay streams and whatnot. Um, yeah. I, I want to, yeah, I think it'd be a fun action RPG. I'm I'm okay with that. Although I'm still biased towards turn-based, but you know, I like a good action RPG as well. He's a biased boy. I'm a biased boy. Yeah, that's, that's all I've really got to say for that at the moment because there isn't much else to say. Um, we don't know much yet. We don't know a huge amount. They seem to be focusing like on there's... the summons a lot. Yeah. So it's not like there's an E3 for things to be announced at this year either. Oh no, no Burge and Tom live E3 coverage. Or probably ever again. Instead, you'll have to deal with uh, EGX, which is more less industry, more consumer based. But we'll see what we can find. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Let's move on to some some smaller topics that I'm sure I will still get distracted and talk about more things on. So, <laughs> my one of my favourite new toys of recent times, the Steam Deck. Should we have a look at what's happening with it? Yeah. So, actually, kind of related to the previous topic, uh, Final Fantasy XIV is going to be made playable on the console. Now that is a I, we may have discussed this already possibly but I don't uh, know we, if we discussed we talked it, about on... it the other day when we yeah when you we read the script when that's you, right I told you about what I bought so it. so I'm gonna I'm gonna say it again here then that's an interesting one because to get Final Fantasy fourteen running on Linux at the moment you have to go into the INI files and change the launcher to the original launcher. Because otherwise, the new launcher doesn't load on Linux. You can't get it to load. There's, I believe it's because the old launcher uses IE 11 and the new launcher doesn't. So there's a component there that Wine can't emulate properly or something. Yeah. So you have to use the old launcher that uses IE 11. However, and for those of you that aren't quite sure what I mean by IE 11, I mean Internet Explorer. Um. In my day, it was the only <laughs> browser. Oh, yes. Um, so that's interesting that that's going to, because if it's going to be playable on the console, that means it will run on Linux. Because the only thing that stops you from playing Final Fantasy XIV on Linux was the launcher, unless you did the changes. Yeah. My experience of, um, my experience with Final Fantasy XIV on Linux was actually very positive. Um... It was just that I didn't have, um, I, I, like I say, I had to change the launcher to make it work. Um, yeah. So that's interesting. It is, uh, it's a development. I do wonder how they fixed it, whether they've either fixed compatibility for it in Wine or just they've made it auto-revert to the old launcher. Uh, well, here's the thing. I don't know how long they're going to be able to do that for, because the old launcher is being deleted at some point. Like, it will not uh, work. Uh, actually, going on to ProtonDB from two years ago, because I did a report. So, 
I had to make one additional step to make it work, it seems. Um, and I had to do it every time before I played. Right. Uh, I had to change startup completed in, the, uh, in a file, config file, to zero to be able to log in and play every time. And I had to do it every time before launching. Um, yeah, that's a bit weird. And you had to set the browser to one instead of two in the same file. And you had to change the opening cutscene to one. Uh, yeah, so there was some weird, yeah, there was some weird errors that I got, but otherwise it was perfect. Interesting. So I'd like to see how they fix that. We shall f- probably find out when someone has a look when it's updated. Yeah. Yeah, let's. Uh, what else is coming for the Steam Deck? Uh, new system betas are including a far better control of the fan curve. Ooh, this isn't doesn't seem like a huge piece of news, but if you're aware of the issues that a lot of people are having with the Steam Decks of my generation, um, it's that that fan whine is really really annoying. He's a noisy boy. He is a noisy boy. Um, hopefully, this fan curve might be able to. If we can just like pin the fan below where that stupid wine is it'd be better although saying that so this bit of this next uh and final piece of update about the steam deck is technically a two-parter um but i fix it accidentally released pricing for their steam deck replacement parts early they uh set it live for a whole like five minutes and people still found it it's always terrifying if you accidentally publish something early on the internet that everyone immediately sees it. Yeah. <laughs> it gets out, it gets everywhere, it's a mess. Um, but we, So we had a quick glance at pricing, but now it is all fully available so we can go have a look ourselves. Um, actually, interestingly, looking at the listings on the uh, european store i don't see the fan listed oh no i do see the fan listed on here now i'm just blind uh so for 24.99 i can get the full fix kit for the fan oh they're already out of stock <laughs> what a surprise <laughs> everyone is fixing their fans this fan seems to be the same fan as the one on the original unit not the um quarter 2 unit so this one should not have the whining issue experienced by units received in quarter 2 um okay so it's 29.99 for the fixed kit or 24.99 for the part only and they have none in stock of either we don't have that much stock available zero in stock you don't say thanks i fix it interestingly though so obviously this is kind of a unique move from a company to make parts readily available for upgrading and repairing yourself like Something that's sold as a sealed device. It's not even like laptop companies do that. You can't just ring up MSI and be like, hello, can I get a new motherboard, please? You can sort of get away with it with things like ThinkPads, because there was a billion and one of them made. And there's spare parts everywhere. But it's not like Nintendo sells parts for the Switch or anything. So the fact that Valve have done this is bloody awesome. And the best part is, if I do ever break my Steam Deck screen, I can replace it with the upgraded screen from the 512 gig model. But only £90. Oh, Oh, they're also out of stock of those. (laughs) Is anything on here in stock? Hold on, can I get the button? 
Nope, none in stock. Okay, I just don't <laughs> think they have stock ready yet. You can even get like the whole front and back plate replaced on here. That's... The thumbsticks, that's one of gonna be one of the best things to replace. Yeah. Look at how bad they go on um bloody switch Nintendo switches. Yeah, you get some real play on them. Ninety pounds for a new battery for the Steam Deck. Feels kind of steep. Oh, you'd you knock £5 off if you don't get the screwdriver, spudges, cards, and all the other stuff. Too fair, though, you could, like, buy all the parts for it. So, interestingly, the main board is not on here. But the main board was spotted in the listings, I believe. Let me just have a... Okay. Yes, the page I, I yes, thank you, Google. I did click on that link, hence I wanted to open it. Bloody hell. Um doop do 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 screen screen Thumbstick D pad battery adhesive. Okay, so the board's not listed on this one. Oh no, it motherboard, yeah. So the Steam Deck motherboard was listed on iFixit. Interesting, it's now listed as not for sale. But it was listed for $349. Ooh, so okay. it's... Someone worked out it cost you about 650 to build a Steam Deck off of uh, iFixit parts. <laughs> but it seems they're not selling the board at the moment. It would be very interesting if they did. Imagine taking all your Steam Deck hardware and building it into like a custom chassis. That could be a modder's dream. I'm sure someone will do it if they're not it's, already. It will happen in the near future, undoubtedly. But it's even got the... Interestingly, the AMD chip on it has Valve etched in where the AMD logo normally sits and then powered by AMD underneath it. That's really cool. I like that. But uh, yeah, you can now replay... Replay? <laughs> you can now replay your Steam Deck. Ooh. I too like repairing things. <laughs> I love repairing things. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. On things that won't be repairable, your bank account after playing Diablo Immortal. Mm. Which won't be releasing in Belgium or the Netherlands, or I guess now that it kind of has released, isn't released in Belgium or the Netherlands. Uh, this was revealed by an Activision Blizzard communications manager. Um... Uh, it's not so much that it won't be, it's that it really can't be because of the law. And the ban is because of loot boxes. Now, strictly speaking, it's not because the game has loot boxes. Loot boxes are still not illegal in Belgium and the Netherlands. It is the fact that Activision Blizzard refuses to be transparent with the uh, uh, re reward rate from these loot boxes as to why it is banned. Wait, and hang on. Sorry, it's banned because they won't tell you the percentage. Because, yeah, it's banned because the odds are obfuscated. Basically. Oh my god. And they can't be you bothered know, to just, you know, make it known, like... I don't... I think it's if... It's because it's so predatory in the nature. Like, I think even... I think if they have provided the odds, then... the they've decided that it is so bad that the game's banned. 
which is even worse, to be honest. But yeah, so um, someone, a YouTuber, did the calculation. So basically, at once you reach a certain level, you basically hit the level cap. After that, there is end game content, which you need to get something called legendary cores, I think, for. I didn't really read into it properly because I really don't care. Legendary cores? That sounds like Fallout 76 now. <laughs> uh, it does. Oh, legendary gems. Sorry. Um, and, like, legendary gems have, like, a rating. And free to play players cannot earn top rated legendary gems. They're only available by. Uh, basically loot box and someone did the math and you have to pay basically 110,000 US dollars to earn enough legendary gems of the sufficient level to get the best gear in the game which is probably why they're not worried about not selling the game in two countries because yeah They can just make the money in loot boxes absolutely it costs you a third of a house Depending on the size and location of said house. In fact, it could cost you several houses, depending on what your local house prices are. And what state the house is in at the time. You know, do these people not have bank accounts? <laughs> oh, God. It's, um, yeah, it's not looking good, uh, everyone. It's, it's, not, it's not a good time. In Diablo Immortal, they've literally created a perfect simulation of hell with uh, with their leveling and looting system by the looks of it. So yeah, lucky people in Belgium or the Netherlands, they won't really have to hear about it. I'm sure all four people that would have played the game in either of those countries are very upset about it, though. I'm sure, sir. I'm sure. I'm sure they're devastated. Speaking of being devastated and Activision Blizzard, <laughs> I'm sure Activision Blizzard management is devastated that uh, Activision Blizzard employees have won the, vo- the vote to form a union, which is something that's very heavily frowned upon in the US for some reason. Although I am noticing that more and more people seem to be frowning on it here in the UK as well, which is only slightly very concerning. But Yep, so staffs at uh, Activision... Staffs? God, my English is terrible today. Staff at Activision Blizzard subsidiary Raven Software have won their vote to form the Game Workers Alliance. It is only the second game industry union in the United States. As we all know, unions are pretty good things. They provide you more power as a worker, really. It's always so weird when you go into the comment sections on posts like this, though, and people are like, oh, unions are terrible. It it means companies have to pay the workers more. Eh. <laughs> I don't see that as a bad thing, uh, Chief. Oh, oh no. <laughs> let, me weep, let me weep for the multi-billion dollar corporations. Oh, no. Those poor shareholders, what will they do? They're going to have to buy one less sports car this year. They might have to sell the 8th yacht or just set it on fire in Torquay Harbour. Lamau? Did you see that? No, I didn't. Yacht caught fire. It was a big yacht. About oh. 3 million, I think. Oh, dear. I found the sale listing for it. 8,000 gallons of... 8,000 litres of diesel in the sea. Not great. Poor fish. 
but yeah, so um, congratulations to the uh, subsidiary, uh, subsidiary, bloody hell, Raven Software staff. I believe it's actually their QC department that unionized. Yes, I think I remember hearing about this. Um, yeah, Which was I was surprised that any video game company still has a quality control department, <laughs> given <laughs> the absolute garbage spewed out by the gaming industry at the moment. Especially, you know... Uh, Activision Blizzard company having a QC department, given the absolute mess that is Diablo Immortal. Yeah. It's kind of interesting having those two next to each other on this script here, but... I I didn't know they had quality staff. It's certainly a surprise. Seems they do. I know EA don't. No, they definitely don't. Ubisoft don't know what the word quality means. Who does that leave? No one. The industry's a mess. Microsoft are doing okay things, but that's just for now. We'll see what they do in the future. Well, we'll see next episode because we can talk about the uh, Xbox Bethesda showcase next episode because that's in seven oh, days from recording. Yes, yeah, seven days from recording this. Oh, I think there's um uh, the Apple Worldwide Developer Conference in between now and then as well. Okay, cool. Next episode will just be two big topics. <laughs> uh... Oh, yeah, it's on Monday. Cool. We the, know uh, what next episode is. <laughs> Worldwide Developers Conference. Nice. <laughs> Guess what I'm watching all week. Yep. <sighs> uh, speaking of Apple, we're bringing back a section that hasn't been about in a while. What has Tom bought this week? <laughs> um, Tom has bought AirPods third generation. Um, kind of, I say. I say bought AirPods third generation. Technically speaking, I bid on AirPods of an unknown generation in a wireless charging case. But judging from the way the case opened, it was first or second generation. And then DPD lost them. And then I reached out to the company and they found some AirPods that quote unquote matched the description. And so they sent them to me and it was third gens. So I was quite happy with that. (laughs) Thank you to unnamed company. I don't want to name them in case they tried to be like, ah, actually, they probably won't. But you can find out who it was when I do a write-up about it at some point. So let's talk about the interesting features of the AirPods third gens. So they have a retail price of 179 Great British Pounds. Which is a bit steep compared to the second gens. Which I think currently retail for 120. Um, But you know. They're not bad. Uh, they have a six-hour playtime and a 30 hours worth of charging overall in the case as well. So a total of 36 hours, if my math is not incorrect. Which is, what, a day and a half? Yeah, a day and a half. The uh, AirPods themselves overall are more compact in design, although the case is exactly the same size. It just hinges in a different direction. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so you know the AirPods 2s, it's like... It's vertical, and the um, the top opens at the narrow bit. Yeah. At the top. Yeah, this time it's sideways. That way oh, they okay. can still fit the same battery in there, but because the AirPods are shorter, they don't need all that length. Ah. Got to say, though, they're very nice. Very comfortable. Um, wireless charging as well. So now that I've been to Ikea and got some wireless charging pads, I can charge them wirelessly. Pretty good. 
And I will say, there's something truly incredible about the way Apple pairs AirPods to iPhones. You don't have to do any faffing about it. You just go to the home screen, open up the AirPods case next to it, and when prompted, press the button on the back of the case, and you're done. In fact, if I open the case now, it'll tell me the battery charge percentage of either device. It just comes up and takes up half my screen, <laughs> which is pretty useful. It only does it on the home screen, though, so if I'm in an app, it won't do it. So it doesn't interrupt me at all. It's quite smart. I'm not going to lie. Only annoying thing is, I accidentally open the case sometimes in my pocket, and then five minutes later, I get a notification from Find My saying, you've left your iPods at wherever they were last opened. Got very confused when I accidentally opened them uh, in my pocket while I was in the car and left them in the middle of the M5. But um, I have to say, my favourite feature of them, which I've seen very mixed reviews on, but I quite enjoy, is spatial audio. So Apple have basically taken like regular tracks, regular videos, whatever, and basically sort of made virtual surround with your AirPods. So like there's fixed mode which is just it makes the music sound bigger it makes it sound like it's being reverberated around a room as opposed to coming from things in your ears and then there's um movement mode where if you turn your head it'll track your head's movement and like so if you turn to look to the left you'll be able to hear the right channel a lot louder because your ear would be pointing towards the hypothetical source if you were looking at the source normally which is pretty cool. Um, I will say, though, like I didn't really experience much out of it, the spatial audio overall. The, the turning your head stuff was cool. And the uh, slight variance in sound quality between the two was pretty decent as well. But I truly experienced proper 3D audio when I was watching um, Sarah Dietschy's review of the AirPods 3. Because mm. she had her camera person take a phone call while she was wearing them to judge the microphone quality. And I could actually tell in the video that the phone was, like, away from the rest of the sound in the scene. I don't know what it was about it, but I could really tell. I just thought that was an interesting note. But would I say they're worth it? Eh, not £179. But the price I got them for? Yeah, definitely. They're not Sennheisers by any stretch of the imagination. But AirPods are sort of like the gold standard of true wireless in-ear headphones. You can get a lot of them for a lot less, like a lot of the other ones on the market. But Apple have somehow achieved great things in the package that it is. And as someone who's owned three sets of true wireless headphones, I'd still say the AirPods are vastly superior. Although I haven't put them up against Sennheiser Momentums yet, which seem to be pretty good as well. Oh, that could be a fun test at some point. I have to get my hands on some Sennheiser Momentums. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'll find a way. <laughs> Maybe. I'll have to uh, sacrifice a goat or something. <laughs> Rob a bank. Steal some money. All that good stuff. And yeah. I think that's us done. This is going to be a, a shorter episode today. Especially when I cut out bits. Yeah. So, <laughs> that means it's time 
for me to say this. And that is us all done for this episode of Burridge and Tom Rambling On. If you like what you've heard and you want to hear more, you can subscribe to Burridge and Tom over on YouTube or follow our podcast on your favourite podcast source. If you really like what you've heard, and you uh, then you can support us over on Patreon. If you want to get involved with the community, you can join our Discord. The links to all these and more are available over at BurridgeandTom.com. As always, I've been Tom. And I've been Burridge. Thank you so much for listening. Happy Pride Month. Yeah. And we'll be back next time with more nonsense. Goodbye. Goodbye.